0: Yes, people, and welcome to episode eighteen of the Trading Lever podcast. I'm your host Steve Boxman, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host Dave from Boxing First. Dave, how are you, mate?
1: Yeah, good. First video podcast, so this will be going up on YouTube, and obviously, we'll keep the audio on the usual channels as well. Uh, I've had to do my air for this one, so <laughs> looking forward to getting the first video one under the belt.
0: Yeah, go check us out on YouTube for those of you who want some video footage of the podcast. And like Dave said, the audio will still be available across all other platforms. Uh, as always, we're going to start off with the weekend's action. and Of course, the big fight wasn't quite the big fight we were hoping for. Of course, with Spence pulling out with that injury. But we still got a very good fight in Manny Pacquiao and your Ugis. Ugas. And of course, Ugas got the win by unanimous decision, Dave. Now, we both sat here last week and we said Manny Pacquiao would take a points decision. We said maybe speed coming in and out would be too much for Ugas. But we did say that if Ugas was going to win, he was going to have to use his size. He's going to have to use his strength. And of course, he's going to have to keep him at bay with that jab. And he definitely did that, didn't he, Dave? Yeah,
1: his obvious advantages were there for everybody to see, wasn't they? Uh, I'd seen loading up into this week, coming up into this week, I've been watching back on YouGas and you could see his game was very much about range and that was an obvious game plan. So Pacquiao knew that. We know that YouGas was very efficient with his work and he showed that on the night. He didn't waste anything at all. The problem with that efficient game plan is if you're not throwing a lot, even though you're landing, you maybe you look like you're not pushing a fight and, and that could work against you. But... Luckily for Yugas, he got the decision, and it was the right decision. I don't think Pacquiao's got any complaints about that decision. It was just a relief, really, in the end that it did go the right way because it would have been a bit devastating, really, for Yugas if he would have been given a dodgy cards You know, and Pacquiao got the result. And I don't think Pacquiao would have wanted that either because nobody likes being on the right end of a dodgy decision. It can be just as damaging to be awarded a dodgy card as it is to be robbed, so... Yeah, I enjoyed the fight. It wasn't massively spectacular. You know, we didn't have a war with nothing exciting. It was quite low-key. And while it was a slow fight, obviously that was always going to favour Yugas, who was the much more efficient fighter. But Pacquiao just... I give him three rounds, I think, in the end. I think one, four, and nine, something like that. He just he just wasn't fast enough anymore. And he was taking too many shots. He, he just, you could see that. Take nothing away from you, Gas. it just wasn't there anymore. Yeah, and uh, the bicep was okay
0: in the end as well, Dave.
1: Yeah, I got, uh, he sort of shot me in the foot a bit. I got a lot of attention on Twitter for that video. But I, n- I don't claim to be no you know, medical expert. I just, there was obviously rumours before the fight that you, Gas was potentially injured. So going into that way, and you're looking for signs of injury, and he did seem to carry that arm a bit uncomfortable. There did seem to be a visible swelling on the arm, and I just put out my opinion. I'm not, I didn't say for certain that he was injured. I just put what I'd saw and what I thought was right. A lot of people agreed, but yeah, you're right. It, going into that fight, he clearly wasn't injured.
0: Yeah, I think let's be honest, Dave. A lot of people looked at those images and thought thought the same. Everyone thought, well, that doesn't look good and obviously it were, we weren't going to know until fight night, uh, once he got in the ring and those first few rounds, and of course we see that early on, that things were looking good. Um, it was his lead hand as well, and if he couldn't use that lead hand, he wouldn't have won that fight, particularly in the way he did, so certainly there was no problem. Maybe he's had an issue in the past, and that that's just how it's recovered, and it's got... It. But then again, on fight night, it didn't look as bad as what yeah. it did in those images before, so it's hard to really tell, but of course, speculation happens around fights, especially when Um, the original opponent has already pulled out. It makes you think, is is Ugas' biggest payday? Is he just going to go in there uh, because he doesn't want to throw away that payday and so on? But credit to him. Like you said, Dave, you don't want to take any credit away from him. Yes, we could see Manny looked 42 years of age at at times in that fight, but you've got to give credit to Ugas. He's taken a lot of stick um, on social media because, obviously, he's been awarded the WBA title and not many people were happy that I wasn't happy with the way uh, with the way it happened of course I don't like to see people being promoted I wanted to see him being given the chance to win that title in the ring and he was given that through through opportunity with Spence pulling out so I think for him it's worked out brilliantly he's got the WBA title now no one can question that he's the champion and and fair play to him it was it was a very good performance from his part a very smart performance and like you said he he deserved the win Dave uh, but that brings us on to going forward. Um We spoke a little bit last week, Dave, but I don't know if your thoughts have changed after seeing his uh, post fight interview and so on. But is that the last time we see Manny Pacquiao in a boxing ring?
1: I think in a competitive manner, I think it will be the last time. Manny Pacquiao's not the type of fighter that's going to drop below world championship level. He's been at that level for years and years and years now. And he he just doesn't, He's not the type of fighter I feel. I don't think anybody would, in fairness. If you've been fighting at that top level for, what, two decades nearly, are you going to be comfortable stepping it down a notch? I don't think you are because it's just not the same, is it? You're on top of the world and then you're fighting maybe on somebody else's undercard or something like that. I don't think he wants to be that gimmick. But we've seen recently Mike Tyson's, if Andrew people like that talking, well, Tyson did come back and have a go. Exhibition fights, and I'm all for these older fighters who maybe are too old to get in the ring and do it anymore, but they, they can still serve a purpose. They can still entertain the crowd. And I'm I'm happy for Pacquiao to go down that route. So I think competitive championship fighting, uh, we, we saw it spelled out in front of us on Saturday night. He is not at that level anymore. He'll know that. There'll be no doubt in that because he experienced it and he'll know that his head was telling him one thing, but his body was just half a second behind. And you can't fix that. That's not something he can go to the gym and work on. He'll know he's not at that, that level anymore. Do we want to see him go out like Roy Jones, getting knocked out of off opponents that wouldn't be fit to lace his boots in furnace in back in his prime? I wouldn't want to see that for anybody. So exhibitions, he's definitely going to draw a crowd. He's definitely a ticket seller. Uh, and I'm happy for him to go, and he deserves it. If that's what he wants to do, if that's what that feeds his hunger, because he says he's, he's still passionate about the sport, and if that's what he needs to feed, that hunger, then I'm happy, and I'll watch him. I'll, I'll watch his uh, exhibitions, definitely.
0: Yeah, I, I think he's still going to go one day, whether it's, like you said, an exhibition or, or, or a bit more of a competitive fight. Now, I think we know... We don't want to see him in with Crawford now. We don't want to see him in with Spence when he comes back and so on. I think we've seen that Ugas has has beaten him very well. Uh, So seeing him with them guys, it's not going to be a fun watch. What might have, well, I think not what might have gone against him, what definitely went against him was not having a fight directly after that Furman win. We see the difference between his performance against Furman. Yes, it was a Furman who's had a lot of time out of the ring himself, but that was a brilliant performance from Manny at that age. Now, had he fought another six months after that against Anugas, for example, maybe it would have been a different story. But, of course, we had the pandemic and he's been out of the ring for quite a while now. So, those extra two years certainly haven't helped Manny. And you can see all the training videos you want and you can still see the speed in those training videos. But when you get in that ring, and he spoke about his calves and his legs cramping up, I don't want that to be seen as an excuse. I know he's used excuses before, but... It's just that's his age now. He's 42 years of age. Those things are going to happen. So there's still a market there for him. There's there's fights. He could have a big fight. Well, not a big fight, but he could have a fight in the Philippines. That's still going to be massive out there. A homecoming fight. He hasn't fought out there for a long while. He could get a decent opponent to go out there. And that's going to that's going to sell massively. Um, There's the UK. Of course, Pacquiao would be welcome with open, open arms in the UK. We'd love to have him over here. Um, no matter who he's fighting, let's be honest, uh, we've not witnessed that on on UK shores, so there's still fights there for him if he wants them, and I feel like he's going to want to go at least one more in a competitive fight, but when we say competitive, Dave, I think he's going to be he's going to need to be really picky with those opponents, and it's going to have to be a winnable fight, and I know we saw Ugas as a winnable fight, uh, but like I said, those two years difference from the Furman and Ugas fight, there's obviously been a big change since then, and 42 years of age and he, he certainly looked that in there but what about Ugas Dave I think everyone's talking about Pacquiao after the win um after the win for Ugas and it is a little bit unfair on him and I think that's natural it was going to happen if Spence would have beaten him it would have been the same thing um nobody would have really given Spence any credit for it, it would all the talk would have been about Pacquiao and that's what we're getting now is he going to retire and all this stuff but that's a massive win for Ugas to get a name like Pacquiao on your record. So there's big opportunities for him now. And of course on the PB side, uh, PBC side, there's loads of options for him. We know full well that if Spencer's is going to be back anytime soon, Spence and Ugas is going to happen. And that makes sense, a unification fight. Um, but if Spence is out for a little bit longer than expected, or maybe, hopefully it doesn't get to this, but maybe he doesn't come back at all, um, then, then plans change. And, what sort of opponents do you think we're going to look at then? Of course, they've got the likes of Keith Furman, who could still get in there uh, as a good opponent. Of course, Sean Porter. And we're going to speak about Sean Porter's next fight uh, very shortly. But what do you think uh, is next for Ugas? I think
1: mean, that's a level of opponent you've got to be looking at for him. Haven't you? He's he's 35 himself. He's he's no spring chicken. And he sees this opportunity with both hands. And he'll want them big fights now. I think he'll have a close eye, as will Heyman on the purse bids coming up. What we're going to talk about shortly. I'm sure he'll want revenge over Sean Porter. He feel he was hard done to on the cards and it's a definite winnable fight for him. And it, it, obviously, Sean Porter's a big name. He's He, he comes with a lot of uh, legacy points if you beat Sean Porter. Thurmonds, Garcia's, people like that. I, I can't see him wanting to lower his opposition to, you know, he's, he's at the top now. He's proven that he's the true WBA super champion. That's without doubt now. And if you want to fight and go out like a champion, and who want to face the best there is. So, with like you say, PBC, they've they've got the monopoly of that division. He has got as many options as he wants. He he's got the WBA super strap now, so everybody within the PBC will obviously be interested in fighting him much more than they was before when he he just held the regular strap. So he he'll have options open to him, I think. Coming off the back of that win against Manny, he'll have a much bigger fan base now. He is a likeable character. We've seen him after the fight. He didn't really gloat too much. He was very respectful of Manny. He's already offered Manny the immediate rematch, saying, you know, Manny's a legend and he does deserve another chance if he so wants it. So that's another option for him. But, yeah, I expect a big fight for him and he'll have one eye on them, and he'll have one eye on what Spence is doing because... We don't know too much about Spence now. How long is his recovery going to be? When can we expect him back in the ring?
0: Yeah, I think Spence's injury, like we said, Dave, is going to play a big part in this division uh, as to what happens next and and going forward in in the next year or so. Um, There's big fights there to be made, as we know, and and we're going to speak about uh, Porter and Crawford now. But, of course, we were hoping... That the Porter and Crawford fight would happen, and that would open up the doors for Crawford and Spence. It breaks down those barriers and it and it and it leaves us in a position where we can have the big fight that we've won in for so long now. but with the injury, things could change now we know um we might not see Porter and Crawford now um and it, and if if Crawford doesn't get to break down those doors, we're not going to see Crawford and Spence not anytime soon. we 're not going to see it at all because whether Spence comes back or not, if he does come back. And he goes in, he fights Ugas, he wins that title. He's not going to be sticking around 147 pounds forever. And he's going to go up to 154 and so on. We're going to lose that fight. We could very easily lose that fight um, if Spence is out of the ring for for longer than we hope. Now, again, I've got a lot of time for Errol Spence. He's a top quality fighter. And I hope he comes back. um, And I hope he can be back to his best when he returns as well. Uh, but if, if he doesn't come back, this division's going to be blown all over the place. And that leaves Crawford in an awkward position. We know he's been in an awkward position for a while now. And that, that leaves him on, on a complete opposite side. And he's looking at opponents like Virgil Ortiz. Then he's looking at Josh Taylor coming up. And those fights become even more realistic than they already are right now. So it, it's going to play a big part, that injury. And again, like you said, PBC, I think they're going to take a bit of a slow roll. Um, We've heard now the purse bids are set for September the 2nd. But that doesn't mean the fight's going to happen. The purse bids, someone could win those purse bids. We've got no guarantees that we're going to see Crawford against uh, Sean Porter. I really hope it does uh, happen. And I'm sure you do as well, Dave. Um, And it's going to be interesting to see what goes on from here. Uh, But, yeah, if that fight doesn't happen, Terence Crawford is in an awful position. And he has been for a while now, we know. But it will get even worse for him. So hopefully for him, he does get that portafolk fight. That's a great opportunity, like I said, to break down those barriers. And who knows, um, we, we, we expect that he's only got that last fight on on his deal with top rank. I don't know. We, we haven't heard much since it was expected that that would run out in October. I don't know what's going on with that now. Uh, but yeah, he needs that fight, as we know, Dave. And we've spoken about it a lot on here. And you've you've, you've gone from thinking maybe the fight might happen then to thinking it might not and so on. What are your thoughts on it now with the Spence injury and obviously Ugas winning the WBA title?
1: It's going to be more tempting for PBC to keep that in-house, I think, especially with the potential of them belts coming up in the air. Al will want them belts to remain within the PBC. He'll want to freeze Crawford out more and more. Now, what I heard... Earlier this week, obviously, they said their purse bids are going to be live on Facebook, which is a first, from what I know of. I think I'll have a watch of that to see how that process actually works. But if top Rank don't win that purse bid, then Crawford's still in contract with top Rank because he's still got one fight under them. He hasn't fought under them if they don't win that purse bid. Now, I don't know how true that is. That's just something I've read on on social media. But this could drag out for a long time, and it's, it's only Crawford suffering. Crawford and the fight fans. That are suffering so i don't know how it ends for him what, what does he do to try and get out of this mess he, he, he is in a really tricky position so i hope for him that this fight does materialize but like you've just said there steve that Evel Spence injury has changed a hell of a
0: lot uh, in that division yeah and it's going to be interesting if we do get to those purse bids. of course things can happen from now until uh, the second of september when it's due um Someone could pull out the fight. We don't expect it to be Crawford with his WBO title on the line. He's not going to give that belt up. But something could happen on the other side. Porter could get a really good offer. And, yes, if Porter pulls out that fight, he's going to be called a duck and whatever. But we know Porter's not a duck. But at the end of the day, when it comes to in-house fights, he, he, he could get offered a better deal over there to go and fight a Keith Furman again in a rematch. To go and fight Ugas again in a rematch. So... We, we just we just don't know what's going to happen. And like I said, it will be tough to have a real dig at Sean Porter if that did happen. Although, I would hope, seeing as he's been calling it out for quite some time now, that he will go through with that Crawford fight. But like we said, Dave, we are none the wiser. Uh, let's see what happens. But it, it, funny enough, I've never really been into that side of boxing, worrying about negotiations and all that. But I would actually be very excited for this person. Seeing it like after the the Teofimo Lopez one, which yeah. we're going to talk about in a moment as well. It's just sort of made purse bids that little bit more exciting now because we just don't know who's going to jump in with a bid. So we could have Eddie jumping in with a bid for Dizone for Crawford and Porter. We could have Triller jumping in. I don't know. They might be a little bit more um, careful after the bid with the Teofimo where they have probably... Um, well, not probably. They have paid too much money for that one, but it'll be interesting. And let's see if top rank or, or PBC really want that fight. Are they going to put a big bid in? It doesn't look like it with the negotiations not really happening. So that that's going to be exciting to see. But hopefully it does happen and the fight gets made. That's the most important thing, Dave, because it's a big fight for the division. And we know that we, we, we're sick of these politics. Let's be honest. And I'm not having a dig at either side. Top rank can be. We can have a go at top rank we can have a go at pvc and so on it is what it is but you've said it already dave pvc are in control with the fighters they have so you can't really blame them with the fights they've been making they've still been making good welterweight fights yes. uh, but obviously the one we want to see hasn't happened but let's see the most important thing is get errol spence back in that ring fit and healthy and of course get that porter and crawford fight made and then big ties for the world division and we've been waiting for it to explode and, and that's a big possibility for it to happen. But we just mentioned Teofimo Lopez, Dave. Of course, that one's been going on a while now. And it's not going to have helped Teofimo Lopez being out of the ring for so long. It, it's been like a year now since he beat Lomachenko. He would have been on a real high going back in the ring after beating Lomachenko. He could have run for a few guys. Um, and, yeah, he would have been high up those pound-for-pound rankings. But now with a year out of the ring, the hype's dying down. Lots of people are now going back to Lomachenko saying if there's a rematch, Lomachenko's going to beat him and so on. So, it's got to be frustrating for him with with this fight. I know he had the COVID. We believe he had COVID and so on, the delay in the fight. But we're hearing now it is going to happen in October in a smaller arena, um, a cheaper pay-per-view. So, it looks like Triller realised they just need to get some money back on this now. But yeah, Dave, how do you think that's going to affect Teofimo Lopez going into what still will be a tough fight against the mandatory in, in George Kambosos.
1: Yeah, he, he truly knocked the wind out of his sails. He he beat Lomachenko when he, many people didn't fancy him to do that. He was, he was at the, on top of the world. He was raring to go. He was ready to prove himself against anybody. And then we had the whole nonsense with the fallout with top rank. Triller came in got the bid then the covid and then it, it gets to the point where even as a fight fan not just the fighters even the fight fans just lose energy for the fight because you're thinking it's similar to the fury wilder three debacle you just think you just get it done now like you you, you stop looking forward to the bout as much because it just seems to be the never-ending story and i'm sure that lopez will feel the same this will affect lopez more than it will cambosis for me because this is a massive opportunity for Cambosis. He'll be up for it, whether it's tomorrow, in six months' time, in a year's time. He'll still have that energy because it's just such a massive opportunity. Teofimo Lopez is on, on top of the world and he, he's just slowly, less and less people are talking about him. Uh, the energy will just drain from him and, and that could affect him fight night. Cambosis, if they fought each other in the prime and they both, you know, if it was female Lopez that fought Lomachenko, that female Lopez, you wouldn't expect to have too much difficulty with Cambosis. But a female Lopez that maybe hasn't got the wind in his sails, he's, he's not as hungry. It's a recipe for disaster. We've seen better fighters than Lopez go into a fight without the hunger, without the the burn, and, and, and fall foul of that and, and lose fights that normally they would have won. So I'm sure that he'll be like us. He'll be thinking... I just want to get this fight done now because it's holding my career up. I just want to get it out of the way and then I can look on to either stepping up to 147, facing Haney for that final all the all the marbles to prove that he is undisputed, or even the rematch with Lomachenko. he'll have he'll have goals well above Cambosa's level. But this is just holding him up now, and and that's dangerous for a fighter. If he if he's going to the gym and he's not excited for the fight and it's he, more draining then it is exciting then he could he could be in for for a hard night's work when it comes to the cambosis fight
0: yeah I, d- I just hope that we don't see that frustration boil over into the ring for him and I- i'm sure he's professional and he's working hard and look, it is frustrating to have been out of the ring for so long but he'll just want to get back in there now and october looks like the date i think it's october the 5th if i'm correct yeah. um but yeah let- let's get that fight done it is a good fight uh for a mandatory fight it's a better fight than what we've seen um, in, in recent years, that's for, that's for sure. We, we see a lot of very poor managers. Yildirim. Yeah, <laughs> Cambosis we've seen against Selby. We, we know he's a decent fighter. Is he good enough to beat Lopez? That's another thing. But at the end of the day, um, he's going to go in there and he, he's going to want it. it. It's a huge opportunity for him. It's a massive fight. Uh, that should be a very good one. And of course, like I said, Lopez, he'll just want to get in there, get that fight out of the way um, as, as hard as it may be. Um, and then move on to what, obviously, he will see as better things and get his career back on track because, yeah, the delays and the frustration will be there to see. So uh, let's see how that goes. But Dave, we're going to go back to Manny Pacquiao. Um, of course, uh, we, we it might be the last time we see him in the ring. There's not much boxing to preview this weekend, so we can, we can have a little bit of a, a discussion on Pacquiao's career. Let's look at the incredible because there has been incredible moments, the, the good moments, and and some of the ugly moments as well um, along the way, and and some of the expected or um, ugly moments as well. Uh, but we'll start with we'll start with the the, the real good, the incredible, um, and that run he had after losing the first fight to Morales, the run he had from that fight to losing a decision, which we'll speak about against Tim Bradley, beating the likes of. Morales twice, beating the likes of Marquez twice, uh, Barrera, Cotto, Hatton, Margarito. The list goes on. That run is going to be incredibly difficult to match for anyone going forward. And looking at people's records now, it's going to be it, it's hard to find someone with a run like that with the sort of fighters that he beat. That that's an incredible run, wasn't it, Dave?
1: absolutely unbelievable and you've got it spot on there i can't see any other fighter who can jump about the divisions and pick names like that just one after the other after the other from margarito like you say marquez he fought him four times a draw two wins and a loss he had so many massive nights he just seemed to be unstoppable Morsley, bradley he had the loss to bradley but he overturned that he was unfortunate in that first morales fight because if you remember that fight back, he got screwed over by his promoter. His promoter sort of negotiated the opportunity for choosing the gloves. He let Morales choose the gloves, and Morales choose, chose winner's gloves, which we know Morales had hand and wrist problems. Pacquiao liked to punch his glove. He wanted the Reyes. He couldn't have it. He had to wear the winner's gloves. And then prior to that fight, four days before he stepped in with Morales, he had to go and have a medical uh, blood, blood samples and eye test because I don't know if anybody knows but within 30 days of the fight you have to go and have your medical and that involves getting blood taken and everything else that's involved in a medical and he'd already had that done he claims but then this, the story came out that his promoter was screwing him over because Pacquiao, obviously at this point, he was a big name and, and he was looking to move on, as you would, you, you know, you're a fighter. I don't think fighters or promoters anything. They they make their own decisions. He was looking for bigger, better deals. So the promoter suddenly lost his medical record that, that Pacquiao had taken within 30 days of the Morales fight. So Pacquiao had to go and have it done again. And he says after the fight, we mentioned earlier about his tight calves against Yugas. And he, he is sometimes a quick... A bit quick with excuses. The Mayweather with the shoulder. But he said he had really blinding headaches in that fight due to the blood loss. Now, whether that's true or not is, is another story. Only Pacquiao will know that. But the fact is he was messed about in the, in the lead-up to that fight, which surely would have knocked his preparations off against a, a solid fighter in Morales. Morales is an absolute beast of a fighter. Exactly. He, he you know, One of the all-time greats. First ballot Hall of Fame, no doubt. So you don't want to be going in there without 100% best preparation. So he was messed about there. Take nothing away from Morales. Morales got in there and he did the job. He did. He beat what was in front of him. He can't control that. But if them, them sort of incidents, it, sometimes when you get two great fighters like that, a mess around in, in preparation can be the difference on the night. So he was sort of screwed there. But he he gets on with it, doesn't he? Yeah, he does have a whinge after the fight. And we've mentioned his excuses and and... This sort of it does spoil it a bit for me. I'd rather he was a bit more humble as we know he can be. But take nothing away from me, he went on after that lost to Morales, he just went on an unbelievable run that you've just said there. I don't see anybody ever matching that any uh, coming anywhere near that.
0: Yeah, it was an incredible run, and the names have just gone through ridiculous names on that resume. And um if you had to pick out one. Dave, and you would say, what is his best win? Now, it's a very hard question because he's got so many good wins, as we've mentioned there, and there's wins before and after that run as well Um, that that could well be in the discussion, but what would you say is his best win?
1: I'd have to to name two because I think Manny's got sort of two careers. Everyone says he's got two Hall of Fame careers in one. The first one, I'd go Barrera. Barrera was... In absolute incredible form. He'd beat he'd beat Kevin Kelly, he'd beat Johnny Tapia, beat Morales, he'd beat Nazim, and he'd beat Enrique Sanchez. The Sanchez that Pacquiao stepped in for when he won his first fight in America. The the world title in America. So he was on that five-fight streak, Barrera, undefeated, and he just beat five brilliant fighters. This wasn't the Barrera that got in with Amir Khan in, in England. Well, you knew Barrera was well past it at that point. This was as devastating a Barrera as you're going to find. and he, he got off to a hellish start in that fight, Pacquiao. Because if you remember, he got dropped in that first round and it should never have been a knockdown. And that could have thrown him. That could have put him off. He, he was obviously disgusted with the referee and he, he, he looks around and he's thinking, am I, am I, am I getting stiffed here? Because i slipped i landed my own left shot barrera hasn't landed on me I, and and i fell but off balance and you know that wasn't a knockdown. but he you brushed himself off he carried on and he turned that fight round. and like i say barrera i love barrera i, I fancied him to beat nazim because barrera was the humble i like the humble fighter <laughs> and and nazim was seen as a loud mouth egotistical show off and i i just wanted barrera to to silence him and he did and that was my first real experience of Barrera and I thought what a fighter he, he's incredible so for Pacquiao to to beat Barrera that version of Barrera was one of his best wins for me and the second one I mentioned this you put the put this exact post out on Twitter didn't you Asking for Pacquiao's best picture and it, it, the Margarito one still blows me away today Margarito is so much bigger than Pacquiao and he He was relentless. We knew he could take a shot. We knew he had hard, hard hands. Don't get me wrong. We know sometimes why he had them hard hands. And that's a completely different story. But he's probably the hardest hitter that got in with Manny. And he didn't give Manny a second's rest. Manny had to be 100% focused throughout that fight. Not only did he beat him. Margarita was never the same after that fight. He, He broke his orbital bone. Manny said his hands were sore after the fight, his body was sore, he he definitely took something out of Manny as well, but I just never thought in a million years that I'd see this fighter that won his first world title at Superfly step up and beat a big, big middleweight in Margarito was just unbelievable for me. So for me, I can't separate them two wins, Barrera and Margarito, just two incredible performances.
0: Yeah, they surely was, Dave. I've got Barrera as his best win. Um, I've made this clear on social media quite a few times uh, over the last few years or so. Um, like you said, Dave, he's beaten one of the pound-for-pound pound best in that fight. Barrera was on a brilliant run going into that. And not only that, the, the manner in which he beat him as well, it's its just an incredible win. And of course, that that's bang in the middle of that incredible run that he had as well, beating some unbelievable fighters. So... That's the best win of his career for me, although he's had many, many brilliant wins. And Margarita was another very strong win. I want to talk about that win uh, pretty shortly as well. But let, let's speak about some of the defeats as well, Dave. Now, he's lost to Jeff Horn. He's, he's lost to Tim Bradley. Now, those two we can sort of look at and say, right, he was harshly done there. He's probably been robbed in those two. and um, most people will agree that some people might have a different opinion uh i think he won both of those fights but it is what it is we know it happens in boxing and obviously he's come back well from both of those defeats he's come back from the bradley one he's fought bradley a a few other times after that and he's beaten him convincingly uh he didn't get the horn rematch but i don't think we really needed to see that rematch um in order for him to prove anything but he's come back from that and he's gone on to win world titles again so again he he's bounced back he's proved himself there's two other defeats i want to talk about in particular firstly the floyd mayweather defeat now of course that fight was seen as the biggest fight in boxing for a number of years now people complain it dragged on of course we didn't get to see it a few years prior but people complain uh, that it, it took too long to get made and when it got made we didn't get the best fight that we could have had now A little bit like when uh, Rigo fought Casemiro last week. And I'm not saying that Mayweather makes fights absolute stinkers. But you know what you're going to get with certain fighters. And and with Floyd Mayweather, we know what type of performance he was going to put in against Manny Pacquiao, regardless of when it was. It was never going to be a firefight. And I don't know why people seem to think if it was a few years before, it would have been a great fight. It would have been one of the best fights you've ever seen. No, it would have been the exact same fight for me. I, I'm I'm of the opinion that Mayweather would still have beaten him regardless. Not everyone would agree that. And I can see the case why people would be more in favour of Pacquiao. But I still think it would have ended the same. Mayweather certainly would have fought the same fight. Um, he certainly would have fought the same fight. So... From that point of view, it kind of annoys me, that one. But in terms of Manny Pacquiao in that fight, I know we talk about the shoulder injury and we're going down the route of excuses again, but put the shoulder injury aside, Pacquiao would have been disappointed in his performance in that fight, wouldn't he, Dave?
1: Yeah, definitely. He, uh, he was never going to get a rematch, I don't feel, because Mayweather, he... he... If Mayweather beats you clearly, he's proven that that's it. Then he's done. He's done his job, and that's it. The the couple of occasions he's he's awarded rematches have been fights that have been not so much controversial. You can argue the Castillo one fight was it was close, and the Maidana fight because he's he's driven by ego. Mayweather, and I think people questioned whether he actually beat Castillo. People questioned whether he beat Maidana. I thought Castillo beat him. I thought he beat Maidana. But if if he leaves any doubt, Mayweather goes and revisits that. He'll revisit that fight and he'll prove to the world that I didn't lose. I'm a a much better fighter. Pacquiao didn't even push Mayweather to the point where it was ever in doubt. He, 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 He comprehensively beat him. There was no questions left to answer. So Pacquiao will be disappointed because Maybe he should have pushed more. Maybe he should have tried to create a firefight. You know, we've seen Mayweather against likes some Mosley where he has stood and traded, where fighters have made him have to fight back. And Manny never really put him in that position. And that's not through anything that Mayweather did different. Like you've just said, Mayweather fought the same fight every time he went out. Mayweather didn't react to what you were doing. He had his style that was set in stone. It was down to you to find the blueprint to beat him. So Maywe- so Matt, uh, Pacquiao never went in there um, and was surprised what was opposite it. Pacquiao got exactly what he expected, but he couldn't put it on him. He couldn't get Mayweather. He didn't make him feel uncomfortable at any time. He just really, I was really quite disappointed by his effort there. And it, it, it wasn't the mega fight that, it was built to be. It didn't turn out that way. I'm of the same opinion as you. It was never going to be a firefight. I would Mayweather make it a firefight when that's where Pacquiao wants it to be. It's for Pacquiao to try and make that type of fight and he couldn't do it. So no, I don't buy all the shoulder nonsense as well either. If it was that bad, what are you going in there for in the first place? Everybody still wanted the fight. So even if it had pulled out for injury for a few months, the fight would have still been made because... Mayweather wanted the money and the public wanted the fight, so it would have still happened. There was absolutely nothing before the fight to suggest that there was an injury. It was only after the fight, and and to be fair, he looked like he was throwing his arms all right within the bout. I so don't fully buy. You know, maybe he got injured within the fight, but again, I don't think it was an injury enough to warrant the fact that he would have won. Had he not had the injury, I don't believe that for one second. So I think he will be disappointed. He he surely was capable of better than that. And he just didn't turn up on the night for whatever reason. He just could not force Mayweather out of his comfort zone.
0: Yeah, and we've got to give credit to Mayweather for his performance yeah. and, and being able to keep the fight how he wanted it which he's so good at doing. He's so good at controlling and dictating a fight, uh, which we've seen on many occasions over the years. So credit to him for that as well. But, yeah, like I said, I think Pacquiao would have certainly been disappointed with his performance in that one. Um, But another loss, Dave, uh, the incredible KO loss against uh, Marquez. Now, the the fourth and final fight, of that excellent rivalry, one of the best rivalries, uh, boxing rivalries in the ring that we've seen. Uh, down the years and and what a fight it was it it wasn't just a KO it was an incredible fight but he was 33 years of age then when he got that KO that that could have been it there and then he's been knocked out and not just knocked out he was brutally knocked out listen it was it was some people would have been sat home thinking is he alive I'm, I'm really worried here the way he's gone down he was in a bad bad way that was an incredible KO devastating knockout and again, like I said before about coming back from losses, to come back from that level of defeat and still be mentally right and still come back and win some very big fights. That was incredible, wasn't it, Dave?
1: Was incredible. That knockout was it was chilling. It it, it was so unexpected. I remember watching the fight and it, it sort the stadium just dropped in volume because nobody saw that coming. I thought. Other than the first round of their first meeting, where Pacquiao dropped Marquez three times, other than that round, that was the most comfortable. I thought Pacquiao had looked. I thought he's cruising. This he's gonna he's gonna see the points win out, and then suddenly, he he's out cold, and he, it's on a par with probably when Pacquiao knocked Hatton out, or Sergio Martinez, Paul Williams when he was knocked out, or Amir Khan, Canelo. It's one of them knockouts where they're just motionless on the canvas, and. You can see the breathing and that's a sigh of relief, but you still worry for them because they don't seem to move for what seems an eternity. And I don't believe that Williams was ever the same after that fight. Hatton was ever the same after that fight. Khan suffered a few sort of bad knockouts. He always knocked out bad Khan when he did. But he he sort of... He carried on. He, he, there's not many can do it. Khan, I think, did. He went back down in weight and he could always convince himself that it's because he went up to Faiz Canelo in a weight division that he didn't belong at. So he sort of convinced himself that's why he got knocked out. Manny, he was more of an aggressive fighter. So if he's got any doubts in his mind that that could happen again, that's going to seriously affect his game plan. He can't be the same type of fighter And it takes a special kind of fighter to put that to the back of your mind and get on with the job in hand. I don't think I could do it if you've suffered a knockout like that. Every time you go in to fight on the inside, again, where where his strengths lie, where Pacquiao needs to be to be at his best, I think you'd be second questioning yourself every time you go in. What happens if I get caught with that right hand cross again? I don't want to be in that position again because it's not a nice feeling being knocked out. Waking up and you confuse your days. Obviously, he's got family, he's got children. They'd have been concerned about him. So, he he did very well to mentally get past that because that was a devastating, not just physically, it was mentally a devastating knockout. It was unbelievable.
0: Yeah, and two last things on on Pacquiao. Pacquiao. Of course, he's seen as an eight-weight world champion. Incredible achievement. Uh, Obviously, he's gone up from flyweight. And it is remarkable how he's managed to do that. And, of course, uh, beating great fighters along the way. But eight-weight world champion. uh, Three of those are questionable. Um, How do you see it, Dave? Do you see him as as, as an eight-weight world champion? It's
1: a difficult one because... It sort of does a disservice to people not of the four belt and the, and the ring magazine belt either, doesn't it? It, it, it sort of disservices them people because they... You struggle now to pick a number one in every division. So I don't believe you're a true champion of a division unless you are, without doubt, the number one in that division. So... He might have held titles, whether it be a Ring Magazine title or Lineal Championship or an ABC title in eight divisions. He did. But did he did he boss eight divisions? Was he the man at middleweight after beat Margarita? I don't believe he was. I think he was quite possibly the man at welterweight, but you have Floyd Mayer, whether he beat him there. He was a brilliant super featherweight. But I don't think... He did he, he, well, it's not that I don't think he definitely wasn't the man of eight divisions, was he? He picked up straight in uh, straps in eight divisions. And I think in the future, if the way the sport's going, and we seem to be getting more and more daft champions, and we've got Giorgio Diaz on the Golden Boy website now as a world champion, and he's he's not, he's an interim champion. So people are classing more and more different belts and straps as world championships. What
0: well, Diaz. For the, the lightweight, you mean, they've called him a world champion? Yeah, yeah he's done. A, Is he oh, ridiculous, yeah. yeah of yeah. he's not yeah. a lightweight champion. No, way. no it's no. scandalous. Was, uh, <laughs> definitely not. Super featherweight, yeah.
1: So are we going to get more and more of this nonsense where people have held a belt of some description at a weight when do we start classing the IBO? The IBO you know, these belts that we know aren't world championships, but if you really wanted to make a case and people are going to buy that who aren't fight fans, they see a belt around a fighter's waist. They think he's a world champion. So you could get another fighter who could go through eight divisions, win eight makeshift world championships and claim to be an eight-weight world champion. But well, was he ever a champion in one weight division? No, I don't... I appreciate what Pacquiao's done and, and you'd be a liar or a hater to not be able to appreciate what he's done, but he's not an eight-weight world champion, is he? He's not.
0: Yeah. I, listen, like I said, Dave, it's an incredible achievement what he's done, regardless of how you look at it. Some people will will call him an eight-weight world champion. I'm good with that. I've got no complaints of it. Um, of, of the three in question, uh, two of them I'm, I'm good with. Um, he beat the lineal champion in um, Ricky Hatton and, and Barrera. Yeah. So, he's beaten the best in the division. I don't think he needs to prove anything else in that division by beating those two. So, I'm good with calling him a, a world champion in those. He's the lineal champion. He's the man of the division. Um, and we've seen what sort of run that Barrera was on before he beat him. So, I'm, I'm good with those. The one that gets me is the Margarito one. And, yes, it, you've you've spoken about it. It's a brilliant winning performance. Uh, but you know... You know my thoughts on it. Catch weights. Titles should not be on the line for catch weights. It's a vacant belt like that. So there's a vacant WBO title gone on the line um, for £154. It, of course, wasn't fought at 154 pounds. And, yeah, I, I that don't sit well with me, catchweight fights, having belts on the line. Uh, we've spoken about it on here, and you know my thoughts on it. And, of course, it goes back to to when Sugar Ray Leonard beat uh, Lalonde yeah. um, and, and the light heavyweight title was on the line as well as the super middleweight one, whereas it wasn't fought at 175 pounds. So Leonard won 175-pound titles without ever fighting at the division. I don't think he ever weighed more than 160 odds. So it's ridiculous, isn't it? So that one doesn't sit quite as well with me, but it was a brilliant winning performance. But yeah, however you see it, he's had an amazing career yeah. and those achievements are not to be scoffed at. Uh, but one last thing, and it's mainly based on the fact that every single time I do a post on Manny Pacquiao on Twitter, I'll put up a post, whatever it is, there's at least five, six, seven, maybe um people will come on they might quote you They might um might reply to it and they, they will talk about him being on peds, and he might even just put the free uh emojis of like free needles and whatever yeah. it's just it's gonna happen isn't it and of course when a man goes from flyaway all the way up to well not 154 as we know but winning titles all the way through those divisions people are going to question it particularly as uh, he's been knocked out at lower weights and so on but what are your opinions on, on on those rumors that Manny Pacquiao has at some point okay, uh, been taking performance-enhancing drugs?
1: I'd like to think I'd like to think he hasn't. He he is the ultimate in the boxer's dream, isn't he? He's came from a poor country in the Philippines. He left home he, he, to provide for his family. And he's gone from that. 14 13 year old boy fighting on the streets of manila to the the top of the world the the pound for pound number one fighter in the world and and that's the sort of the dreams that you see week in week out when you see fighters who are on american television or british television they'll tell you that they're maybe not to the levels of pacquiao's you know starving and Hungry family. I hope to think that that isn't happening today in Britain and the US, but there's certainly poor families out there, and it's a way for these poor families and these poor individuals to make a better life for themselves. And and that dream's always been part and parcel of boxing. You've seen 99% of fighters have come from deprivation, they've come from difficult upbringings, whether it's financial difficulty or maybe break down in family when he was younger. There was all, there's always a backstory, or 99% of the time there's a backstory. And, and Pacquiao sort of exemplifies that. He's sort of the, the beacon that everybody holds to think, I can make it work. Pacquiao made it work, and he came from a country that you don't really associate with, with the fight game. He came from absolute nothing, just rags on the street, to the man in the boxing world. And, and, and everyone, is chasing that dream. So if it turns out that, He was on performing enhancing drugs. That sort of takes that shine off that and people start questioning how fair is this game. But on the flip side, he hasn't really done himself any favours with all the Mayweather negotiations where he didn't want testing within so long of the fight. And he's mentioned... Not testing, or you know, the 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 WBC have their testing regime, and he, he's not really a WBC fighter. A lot of the time, he, he goes down other routes. So people have said he's avoided drug testing in that. I don't like the whole Alex Ariza with his with his magic milkshakes. That seemed a bit off, and he, he he wasn't willing to say what was in the milkshakes. But then again, on the other side, he had a massive public fallout with Alex Ariza, who could have at that point exposed him if there was anything to expose it so i'd like to think he wasn't but then you look at the superhuman achievements that he's done from 106 pounds on his debut to 150 pounds fighting a monster in margarito and it, it it sort of it goes against logic it goes against belief it, it it's unbelievable and to do it over the amount of time that he's done it for he's been a professional fighter 26 years but let's face it, he's been fighting for 30-something years. it's hard to believe, it's hard to accept that, that he's he's able to do that. And even at 42 against you guys the other night, his hand speed was still blurring. he, he you know, he, he he was in such incredible shape at 42 years old. There's not many people who are getting in that condition at forty-two. So I'll never say he was unless it's proven it was. I'll just say what he achieved was superhuman. But I I like to think maybe the fairy tale side of me likes to think that he wasn't. And and it was through hard work, dedication to the sport and and just an unbelievable work ethic.
0: Yeah, you've just said it, Dave. It's hard It's hard to believe because of what he's done. Like you said, it is a super superhuman run that he's been on. It's hard to believe that he has done that clean. But we've got to go with the facts that we've seen. He's not a known drug cheat. He hasn't failed a drugs test. And we know there's ways around it. We're not stupid, Dave. We, we, we know that this is more involved in boxing than, than we even like to believe. Um, performance-enhancing drugs its not a new thing. It's been going on for years and more and more fighters are taking them and getting away with it. Some are just unlucky to be caught. And he might well just be that one who was extremely lucky never to have been caught. He might have been extremely smart about it. We don't know. And and like I said, I would love to believe he's done it clean because it is incredible what he's done. But we can't take him, anything away from him based on rumours. Um, so we can't label him drug cheat a drug cheat and we can't Think, uh, put it on his legacy, and and for him to just to be known as a drug cheat, we can't do that. We've got to go with the fact. So hopefully he's done it as a clean athlete. But yeah, we, we've just got to go with what's in front of us. But yeah, incredible career, incredible achievements, amazing resume. If that's the last we see of him, Dave, listen, he, he's give us he's give us more than what we could have asked for. So good luck to him if he does get back in the ring. Fair play to him. Um, I'm still going to watch his fight if he does. If he goes down the exhibition route, fair play to him. I don't knock Mayweather for taking those fights. It's money at the end of the day. And every single one of us, Dave, we was, we, we was put in that position of being offered the level of money these guys are, are getting offered to go in and fight someone who they know they know have absolutely no chance of beating them. We're going to do the same thing. So let's not have a go at these guys doing exhibitions. Um Boxing is is not worse off for it. And I know people like to make a big thing about the likes of Jake Paul and Logan Paul and so on. Let them do what they do. At the end of the day, hopefully, uh, they're bringing more eyes to boxing. They're not just bringing eyes to their events. And I'm sure you will get a few people that will stay along the ride and become boxing fans. But, look, I'm not going to watch it. I don't watch Logan Paul fights. I don't watch um, Jake Paul fights. But I'm not going to knock them for it. If you gave me the money Jake Paul's getting, to get in a boxing ring with with these fighters that he's fighting, I'm going to do the same thing as well Dave. So, listen, give credit where it's due. Um, That's it at the end of the day. So, I'm not against these exhibitions. I'm not the one to watch them, but I'm not going to say they're ruining boxing. There's many other things boxing has to (laughs) worry about other than Jake Paul, Logan Paul, or Manny Pacquiao fighting against Conor McGregor, whatever it is. I did have a problem with uh, Mayweather McGregor being an actual professional fight. That one, I did have a problem. The 50-0 shouldn't be 50-0. That's ridiculous. Uh, but other than that, listen, I'm not against it. It is what it is. They're not my cup of tea, but they're not going to kill boxing at the end of the day. But, yeah, let's see on Pacquiao if we see him again. Who knows? Uh, but good luck to him, like I said. But, Dave, not much boxing to preview this weekend, as I mentioned. Um, but we do have a BT Sport card. Um we do have a BT sport card this weekend, um, headlined by Akeem Ennis-Brown uh, against Sam Maxwell for the British and Commonwealth titles. What's your thoughts on this card, Dave? It's it's a decent
1: little card. It's got a couple of British title fights hasn't, on it, hasn't it? Uh, there's nothing else on, is there? There's literally nothing else we can watch this weekend, so I'll definitely watch it, but... Ennis Brown fans fights are one to excite you really. He's so messy with his work and I think the only thing that makes this fight half intriguing at the top of the bill is is the needle between them. There's a genuine you can usually tell at a press conference when two fighters are putting it on each other whether it's scripted to build the fight or if there's genuine malice there. These two people don't like each other. They do not like each other. So just for intrigue and to see who is going to get this win and, and shut the other one down, I'll, I'll watch the card. But it, it's it's not an amazing... More people will be talking about, I think, still talking about Pacquiao on Sunday morning than they will about the BT card because it's just not it's not a massive card. It's, it's a decent card for British fight fans, I suppose. But it's, it, there's nothing on there that, that's going to sort of entertain to the level of what we had last weekend.
0: Yeah, and I think uh, the the couple of British title fights, like you said, they'll be good fights. Um, Of course, we've got the other one, um, Anthony Cascari against uh, Woodstock. Uh, That was delayed. Um, I think one of them got COVID, uh, so it got rearranged. So that's a decent fight as well. And we've got Anthony Yard on the bill. We know that's not going to be much of a a contest, (laughs) but he's back in there. And he's not fighting TBA, we know that. So (laughs) at least he's got an opponent in there. and then we've got uh, Nathan Healy, I believe, is on the card as well. So, yeah, there's a little bit on there. It's not the best card um, in the world, but again, it's something to watch on a Saturday night. Um, so, Dave, we're going to finish uh, with our predictions. Um, we're going to look at that card and those, uh, well, three of those fights in particular um, that we've just mentioned there. Um, in terms of the prediction table, um, I increased my lead uh, thanks to Magsail's knockout last week. So stunning knockout. It was knockout. very. Um, uh, so I'm now four points ahead. Uh, we've only a few, week, a few weeks left, Dave. You, you're going to have your work cut out to try and uh, cut that or, or to try and catch that up. So hopefully I'm on my way to, to making it one one. You obviously won the first round of 10. Yeah. Um, so let's see. And then it, it will be uh, the pressure will be on for the next one. But uh, three fights we're going to look at, Dave. Of course, we are going to go with the headliner. So it is Brown against Sam Maxwell. How are you seeing that one, Dave?
1: I think it's going to be a horrible fight full of clinching, head clashes, dirtiness on the inside. And I think Ennis Brown comes away with a points win. He's just, he's horrible to watch. I don't know how anybody can prepare to fight him because he's just so unorthodox. He doesn't sit still. He doesn't come in at, at conventional angles. He's just all over the place. He's, he's an absolute nightmare to fight. So I can't see. I like Sam Maxwell. Glorious amateur careers. Good, strong, solid puncher, but just Ennis Brown's got a good chin. He's got a good engine. I just think it's going to be a horrible 12 rounds that Ennis Brown's going to come out on top.
0: Yeah, listen, Dave, I'm in agreement. I'm going with the same result here. Um, I think if, we, if we're if we looking at a KO, if there was going to be a KO. We're looking at Maxwell to get it. Uh, with yeah. Ennis Brown's KO record of, I think, one knockout in one, yeah. so So, um, if there is a KO, it's going to be Maxwell to get it. But, yeah, I think he's going the distance. And like you said, I think it could be a bit of a messy one. Uh, but I think Ennis Brown's going to do enough uh, to get that decision. It might be close on the scorecards, but I think he's going to do enough uh, to get that decision. Uh, and on to the other British title fight, Dave. Um, Anthony Cascacchi against Leon Woodstock. Um, Rearranged fight. How do you see that one going?
1: uh cascari points again he's not a harder puncher but i just think he's the better fighter i like woodstock but i i just think he, he's gonna get the win on on points
0: yeah dave we're evening it out here so <laughs> yeah, you're gonna you're gonna find it very difficult to catch, the <laughs> to catch I'm, 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 <laughs> I'm going with the same as well i just think um it, it's it's an interesting one though because Woodstock, troubled, uh, he struggles against boxers. He struggles against guys that move. We've seen that in the two defeats that he's had, but it'll be interesting to see what sort of fight is going to want to make it as well, because we've seen him in in, in some, some good good fights against the likes of Bowen and so on. So Woodstock's going to want it to be a war. He, he's going to want to take it into that, but Cascari can be, as we've said, because he, can, he can get involved in those type of fights as well, and he's good enough to win that type of fight against Woodstock as well, but Yeah, if you outbox Woodstock, you're going to beat him at the end of the day. Um, But in a firefight, listen, it might be closer than what it looks uh, for the bookies. Woodstock's got a better chance, and I think the bookies are are, are giving him credit for. But again, I I can't see past uh, Kaskashi nicking up points with it, Dave. Um, And the final one, we're going to go with the Anthony Yard fight. Um, And... Listen, he's going to win this by a KO, Dave. So we're going to go with a round. So that's going to be the bonus points on this one. Um, if we get the correct round, an extra two bonus points, that's your opportunity to, to catch up um, a few of those points, Dave. So which round is... Listen, I'm not going to preview it any more than this because it is just the fight to to get the rounds into... Well, just to get that ring rust off because going into that after rematch. So what rounds, Anthony, are going to knock this guy out? And I don't even know the guy's name, Dave. Alex
1: Searan, I've got it up on my screen, that's the only reason I knew it, because I wouldn't have known it otherwise, I, I'm very familiar with TBA, <laughs> uh, I think he's going to be looking to make uh, a statement here, we've seen Boazzi, he, he's come on leaps and bounds now, and at the yards, fast becoming, in danger of becoming the forgotten man, so we will want to get his name back on social media and within the boxing fan circles, he's going to go out there Ooh, third round. I'm going to go third. It might even be less than that. This guy, I'm looking at his record now. He has been beat five times. He has been stopped five times. He is a Southport. But every every defeat, he is, he's lost by stoppage. Uh, and we know that he's not on the level of what Anthony Yard, I believe Anthony Yard's at. So yeah, Anthony Yard's going to go ahead and blow him out of there and, and start mentioning Lyndon Arthur's name.
0: Yeah, agreed. Again, same same thing as we know. Like I just said, Dave, we know this is going to end by a KO. You've gone with a third round. I'm going with a second. So, bonus points up for grabs there. I'm, I'm sure it's going to be within those first five rounds or so, unless the ring rust is is clearly there. Uh, but, yeah, Yard's going to get the KO. And then, again, like we said, it's going to be on to the rematch with Arthur. And we've discussed that on this podcast already. So, that one's going to happen soon. But, Dave, that's a wrap. The first video episode uh, complete. Um, again, thanks to everyone listening uh, through other platforms like Spotify and so on, you can continue to do that uh, but if you wish to, get over at YouTube, you could put a face to the voices, um, yeah, and get to see us um, on here as well, and we're going to try and get some guests on soon, we've been doing this for long enough now, I think, Dave, so we're going to get some guests on the, the show as well uh, make it a little bit more interesting for for the listeners out there Yeah,
1: enjoyed it, first video, one not you sort uh Forget you on video, because it's just the same as before. You're just chatting about the sport that you love, so you forget you on video. And then I'm thinking, I need to look back at the camera because I'll just look like I'm just staring down. Well, yeah, I've enjoyed that one really good. Uh, if you can, share the YouTube channel as well and get some scr- subscribers coming in. and We can have the conversations on the comment sections of YouTube. They're always fun to read because you get an absolute mismatch of fight fans from Your hardcores to people who have just come across the video and they they look like they they just want to cause trouble at times so i always enjoy reading the comments under the youtube videos you're always crazy but yeah thanks a lot for listening watching however you you consume this podcast and we'll see you next time
0: yeah thanks for listening or watching all have a good weekend or week take care